Jesus. And the question I'd like to, to ask you is, what kind of Christianity do we aspire to? What kind of Christianity do you aspire to? There's various phrases used. One of them is consumer Christianity, consumer Christianity. And basically to describe that is we profess to believe, uh, we get the membership card if you like, uh, we shop where we like, there's plenty of choice to dip into, and we get the perks and we have that with that eternal insurance thrown in. But generally speaking, you carry on your life with you in charge, you're in charge of your shopping as it were, your consumer, your king, your consumer king. So that's one kind of maybe extreme possible but it's certainly a aspect of, of Christianity. And then the second one is castle Christianity, castle Christianity. So that's where you're happy to profess to believe, which is great, but, and you love the thought of being forgiven, the love of the thought of being saved and sure of heaven, and you're happy to make certain changes. You're happy to maybe give up certain things, but then you get into the castle, you get into the defensive position. And, you come to a certain point where you're not really open to challenge and change anymore. You're not seeing Christianity as a lifelong process of training and development. And if anyone or sermon challenges you, kind of starts to hit the, hit the mark, then we get defensive and put up the barriers and uh, if you like, get inside the castle. So there's a, a castle Christianity. And then of course, there is a Christ's Christianity, which of course is the genuine real one and what we should all aspire to. And that is committed discipleship, learning to love and to follow Jesus for a lifetime and beyond, of course. And it's seeing a Christian walk as a lifelong apprenticeship to Jesus. Now, do you see things that way? Now, there are some very serious risks with the consumer Christianity mentality and castle Christianity mentality. If we take it to an extreme or take it persistently to that point, then critical, critical dangers. Uh, in our concerning our profession of faith so we do need to really consider this really carefully and it is a wake-up call if we're drifting into a consumer mentality or a castle kind of mentality of christianity we're in danger of moving away from from the reality now the gospel message calls us to be repentant it calls us to be going one direction as we can see in the uh, the signpost sign and to change and to go a different direction it calls us to turn from sin and to believe and to follow jesus and for the rest of our lives, with the best of our lives. For the rest of our lives, with the best of our lives. And that's Christ's Christianity. That's the genuine article. If you like, becoming a Christian is like emigrating in our hearts to a different country while still living in the same town. So our heart is somewhere else, even though we're living in the same town and have responsibilities and to help people where we are. But our heart is, is, is emigrating somewhere else. And it's a radical change. It's a, a new worldview. It's a under new management a situation where now we are Christ's. We belong to him. Jesus called people to follow him. And those people who followed him were first called disciples of Jesus. Now, what's a disciple? A disciple is a learner who attaches themselves to a teacher. It's not a classroom education. It's not going to college for a few hours a week or, or even full time. But it's actually learning through a relationship with the teacher through going around with the teacher, listening, considering, copying the teacher, and then going and doing, and then the teacher reassessing what you're doing and helping you to learn better. It's, if you like, an apprenticeship is another word. That's a very helpful word to think, think of being Christians. Now, do you like to learn how to do things? I do, I like to learn, even if I'm not very good at it in the end, I like the thought of trying to improve what I do, whether it's practical things, DIY things, 
I like to look up books and videos of how to do this, how to do that. Sometimes I have to uh, with the work that I do part time. But Jesus calls us to follow him that he might teach us, that he might train us, that he might develop our skills and our character, that he might give us purpose and direction and an eternal hope in his kingdom. So I want to ask you this. Are you thrilled? Are you excited by the way Jesus calls you to be his apprentice? Are you? I hope you are. Now, some of us have been apprentices of Jesus for a good long time. And maybe we've actually forgotten what a privilege it is to belong to Jesus, to be his disciple, to be one of his learners. And we need to grasp that again. And maybe this message this morning will be used by God to stir up a real passion for learning and growing and developing in our walk with the Lord. Some of us maybe are drifting towards consumer Christianity. And we're not learning, we're not really developing in our Christian character and usefulness because we pick and choose and we tend to dip in for the benefits where we need them, where we feel the needs. Maybe we're going into a defensive st uh, state status, maybe uncomfortable at genuine challenge, offended by anyone who might point out our ongoing wrong attitudes. And we're not willing really to, to develop any further, not really willing to open up our hearts, not really willing to open up the castle. Hope and pray that you're not drifting into those. Well, wherever we are at at this point, let's be prayerful as we continue through the rest of this message and allow our hearts to open up to how inc incredible an opportunity we have to be an apprentice of Jesus, to learn from him and to be his lifelong apprentice. The key tool for this transformation, which is why we're having this little series about the Bible, is, of course, the word of God, the Bible, the written and completed book that we call the Bible. So we're looking at our called to be an apprentice. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, we read those words earlier. Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So Jesus says, come to me. So listen up, Jesus is calling you. Whether you're young, whether you're older, whether you're very old, he's calling you, come to me. So listen up. Jesus is inviting you. Are you weary of sin and guilt? Do you want to change? Do you want forgiveness for your sins? Do you want peace with God? And do you want to move away from that? Well, Jesus is the one who will give you rest from guilt. He will help you Lord, uh, to, to know your peace with the Lord. Do you want to be saved? Do you want to be forgiven so that you can go to heaven? Do you want these things? Well, Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. That's his promise. And this is God making a promise, the Son of God, so you can take him at his word. So go to Jesus. He's inviting you. That's wonderful. What are you waiting for? We would say, trust in him as your saviour, the one who died for you. Commit yourself to him now as your Lord, your saviour, and your teacher. Now notice Jesus says something else. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. We need to trust in Jesus as our Lord and Saviour. We need to commit ourselves to him and then step out under his tutorship, under his life training, to enrol as his apprentice. That's what Jesus says to those who would follow him. And notice he says we're invited to take his yoke upon us. Take my yoke upon you. Now, the yoke, it's not the thing inside an egg, but the yoke here is what would enable an animal particularly to be able to pull a cart. So it's a, a wooden beam that's shaped to fit on the neck of an oxen or, or a horse and it goes over and then there's the uh, chains or the or the ropes attached to that 
and that's attached to the to the cart and so the person who's driving the cart with the reins can direct the, the animal that is taking the weight and, and pulling the, the cart along so jesus invites us to take his yoke upon us in other words we need to hitch ourselves to his wagon we need to hitch ourselves to the wagon of jesus and he'll steer us right he'll show us the way to go he will speak to us and show us the way to go so take his yoke upon you and learn from me and he's a good teacher he says for i'm gentle and humble in heart for my yoke is easy and my burden is light he's not going to unnecessarily burden us it's going to be there are going to be challenges and remember jesus has invited us and he's a good teacher he's the best teacher because he loves you and he's not a teacher who just delivers the training and then leaves you he's interest, interested in every aspect of your life he's with you forever he's not a harsh master he's got your good in mind even though the training will have many challenges and difficulties there's a joy in learning from him because he's such a wonderful teacher some of you can remember the best teachers in your school college university and uh, you really appreciated uh, the way that they trained you and taught you well if you multiply that by a million times you think of jesus there's joy in his training it's a privilege to be on his apprenticeship now of course we don't earn our right to be a christian by the training that's very wrong we're saved by god's grace through faith in jesus so we don't earn it the learning that we do our apprenticeship is not what saves us but it's part of and flows from jesus saving us because he's brought us to himself and he turns us into a different direction and therefore we go in his direction now that we're saved and christians and that is the learning journey that we're on following jesus now imagine being out of work imagine that and also being in serious debt a debt you can never pay off you've got no qualifications you've got no prospects you're trapped in debt but someone comes along and gives you a gift that pays off all your debts even pays off your mortgage and not only that this person sees that you're aimless in life and have no qualifications and so your benefactor offers you a training course at college all paid for that will give you the skills that will develop you enable you to have the develop your character of course but enable you to 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 work to do something useful with purpose and aim in life now you're never asked to pay back that person it's a gift it really is a gift you never could anyway even if you tried and you're now given a chance to to make something of your life on top of the debt being cleared and that's a little picture of what jesus does for us he saves us he pays for our sins he he clears the debt and then he gives us a new direction and it's important to listen to him and follow him as our teacher as our master so jesus saves us he forgives us at his own expense when we come to him we can never pay that back but on top of that he gives us a new direction of living away from sinful self-centeredness and spiritual lostness towards a god honoring life a spiritually useful life a life that will bless many others around us and a life that will transform our own characters too in philippians 2 there's some lovely verses and verse 12 and 13 says this therefore my dear friends as you have always obeyed not only in my presence this is paul speaking to the church of philippi but now much more in my absence continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling for it is god who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose so that verse tells us that we need to take seriously our apprenticeship we can't mess around we need to take this seriously that we have an apprenticeship to be part of work out your salvation with fear and trembling with deep respect for god 
But then there's an encouragement here, for it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Now, Warren Wearsby, the pastor and commentator, wrote this. Work out your own salvation does not suggest work for your own salvation. To begin with, Paul is writing to people who are already saints. That's how he's addressed them at the beginning of the letter, which means they have trusted Christ and have been set apart for him. The verb work out carries the meaning of work to full completion, such as working out a problem in mathematics. In Paul's day, it is also used for working a mine. That is getting out of the mine all the valuable ore possible or working a field so as to get the greatest harvest possible. Our lives have tremendous potential like a mine or a field and he wants to help us fulfill that potential. Isn't it fantastic that when we become a Christian, our lives have got so much potential and Jesus wants to do so much in us and with us. We need to take him seriously though. So when the Lord calls us to learn from him, it's not so that we might try to be good enough to be saved, but rather that because we are saved by grace people, that we might now develop our, to our full potential because of what he has done for us. And that's an exciting thing. And I hope that you are starting to feel excited or re-excited about being an apprentice of Jesus. In Ephesians 2 verse 10, it says, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Isn't that amazing that every single Christian, whether you're a young person, a child, whether you're a middle-aged or an older person, if you're a Christian, God has prepared good works for you to do from before time began, before you ever knew anything, before the creation of the world. God knew you and has got things for you to do for him. So again, let me ask you, are you thrilled to be enrolled on Jesus' apprentice training program? Are you? The Lord Jesus invites us to go to him to learn from him, to be trained and have our minds and our characters transformed. He doesn't just give us instructions and say, off you go, but it's a training program that he's with us throughout. And he wants to make us useful in this lifetime and prepare us for heaven ahead. And so I ask you again, what's not to get excited about when we consider that? Well, next we're going to see the Bible and our apprenticeship, how that dovetails together. Now, we considered last week that the, the key tool to our transformation, our um, sanctification, is the words of Jesus, the words of God. The key tool for our transformation and apprenticeship is God's word. We've got, obviously, now the, the written complete word of God, the Bible. And as Jesus promised, the Holy Spirit reminded those apostles who were eyewitnesses of, G of Jesus. He, rem he reminded them of what he had, Jesus had said to them. And he helped them to understand so that now we've got the completed scripture, including the words and the example of Jesus. So we've got the, the trainer's instructions here with us. And as disciples of Jesus, as Christians, the clue is in the name, Christian. We need to be especially familiar with Christ, don't we? We need to be especially familiar and study the Gospels about Jesus. We must have a working knowledge of all that Jesus said and did. Now, a little challenge for you. If you were asked by someone to talk about Jesus without opening your Bible, how long could you go for without drying up? How much do you know about him? How much would you be able to tell about how great the Lord Jesus is, all he did and, and so on? How much do we know him? How much do we understand him as a person as well from reading his book? As disciples of Jesus, we need to do that. We need to have a working knowledge of all that Jesus did and said, because what he did saved us. There's an incident in the life of Jesus that illustrates this very clearly. 
Jesus and his three disciples went up a mountain and two Old Testament characters appeared and talked with Jesus. There was Moses and Elijah. And they represented main sections of the Old Testament history, the Old Testament prophecy. And the disciples are awestruck at this amazing event that these two old characters were there talking with the Lord. And this incident highlights the glory of Jesus, the Son of God. It was shining so bright in what we call the transfiguration. And Peter starts to suggest, well, they make three shelters, one for Jesus, one for Moses, one for Elijah. But then there was a cloud that covered and God the Father had something to say. Matthew 17, verse 5. While Peter was still speaking, a bright cloud covered them. And a voice from the cloud said, this is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. And so as disciples of Jesus, we especially need to know Jesus, understand his teaching and listen to him. Sometimes we get caught up with all sorts of things in church life, in Christianity, whether it's theological debates, whether it's this ism or that ism, uh, which is the best, or whether it's methodology of how we run church life and things like that, and all sorts of things we can get caught up in, and some of them are important, some of them are very important. But most of all, we need to recognise that we are footstep followers, apprentices of Jesus. Now, if the whole Bible is a mountain, God speaking to us in and through Jesus is the splendid peak. And grasping and climbing that peak is our goal and longing. Knowing Jesus, understanding him, being like him is the top of our list. It's our focus. God has presented Jesus as the focus of our faith. Paul, the Apostle Paul said, I want to know Christ in Philippians 3 verse 10. And knowing him is to become more like him. Now, the mountain isn't a peak that hangs floating in the air, is it? You don't have a, a peak of a mountain hanging, floating in, in midair. It rests upon the lower slopes. It rests upon the foothills. And so as well as having a prime focus on the teaching and life of Jesus, recognizing that we are followers of him, apprentices of Jesus also need to have a working knowledge and a delight in the whole Bible, which is why it's so important to know the whole Bible as well. Each part of the Bible is integral to the other. The New Testament rests upon the Old Testament. The Old Testament points forward to the New Testament. We understand each part of the Bible better when we know each part of the Bible. So we can't dispense with any part and all of it is the word of God. So we need to take all of the Bible seriously. The Bible is one library of 66 books from God to us. It's a, a, a letter of love from God our Father to us. It is so rich with variety of all the things that we can learn. And the first part predicts the arrival of Jesus. The second part tells us how he came and how we might live in the light of who Jesus is and what he did for us. And we need the whole of the Bible to understand God fully. And therefore we need as apprentices of Jesus to have a working knowledge, not just of the New Testament, not just of the Gospels, but of the whole Bible. It's a big book. It's going to take a lifetime to learn it. But this is a lifetime training program. Keep going step by step. You'll get there. In a future study, we'll look at some advice for reading and understanding the Bible. Uh, we'll look at some more practical things in the next few sessions. But for now, I want to emphasize on how, how important it is for you, if you're a disciple of Jesus or an apprentice of Jesus, to value and to use and learn the whole Bible. And so really impress that upon you and remind myself as well. Now, in 2 Timothy 3 verse 16, the Apostle Paul is writing to a younger pastor and he's encouraging him to keep faithful in teaching people from the Bible. Not get to caught up in all sorts of debates, old wives tales, he says, and all sorts of 
speculative things. He says, no, keep to what the Bible says. Keep teaching the people from the Bible. And of course, at this point, the New Testament wasn't fully finished. And the letter that Paul was writing to Timothy was going to be part of the Bible. And so the, the whole Bible wasn't finished. But certainly the Old Testament and referring to parts of the Bible that were written, like Mark's Gospel and so on. The Apostle Paul is saying all scripture is God breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Do you want to be equipped? Do you want to be trained? Do you want to be more useful in your teaching? Do you want to be able to help others and train others? Well, get to know all scripture. Get to know God's breathed out word. So an apprentice of Jesus must take the Bible seriously and actually delight in it. And we haven't got time now to look at some of the Psalms about how they, the Old Testament believers delighted in the Bible, even the first part of the Bible, even in the first five books of the Bible that we find a challenge to read. And we need to do that and to see the privilege that we have to be lifelong apprentices of Jesus Christ. So the third and final point is this. Jesus calls us to be lifelong apprentices, which in a sense is repeat of what we've already said, but I want us to just re-emphasize it in a, from a different angle, maybe. Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So Jesus calls us to come to him to be saved, to find rest for our souls, find that peace with God. But in calling us to come to him, he's called us away from something, hasn't he? He's called us to come to him away from something else. He's called us away from sin and a self-centered life to a righteous and a Christ-focused life. There's a repentance going on here. We call, we're called away from something to Jesus, to a righteous and a Christ-focused life. Now, how do we live such a life? Well, we need to learn. We need to be transformed by the renewing of our minds, as we looked at last week. We need to know God better, understand his word better. And so Jesus calls us to be lifelong apprentices and to enable us to reach our potential and to prepare us for heaven ahead. He calls us to take this very seriously. We need to take our apprenticeship seriously. Let, let's just consider the potential. Let's listen to a couple of Bible verses here, a couple of passages here. You can look them up if you want to. Philippians 1.9 and 2 Corinthians 3.18. They're referenced on the screen. Now think of the potential that you as a disciple and apprentice of Jesus have if you continue in the training program of Jesus. Paul prays this, and this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ the glory and praise of God. Isn't that wonderful? You are able to grow more and more in knowledge and depth of insight. Your love grow. That, and you can discern more what is best, that you can grow towards purity and blamelessness on, when Christ returns, that you can live lives that are beginning and increasingly filled with the fruit of righteousness. 2 Corinthians 3 verse 18, lovely verse here. And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory, as we focus on Jesus as the object of our faith and learn from him and his word, his book, we are being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory, 
which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. I was reading a psalm the other day, and I read it in the past and made a note, highlighted it, made a note, and I wrote a little prayer. And I basically prayed that that psalm would come true in my life. And basically the essence of it, that I would grow old graciously, that I would grow old, becoming more and more like Jesus, that I would not become, you know, um, dry, barren in my walk with the Lord, and that I might not become stagnant in my Christian life, but I might continue to grow. We can. We can be transformed from glory to glory, as the hymn goes, with ever-increasing glory, as it puts it here. So this is fantastic. We've got great potential. Are you encouraged about that? Now, I hope that this has either refreshed your thrill and desire to learn and to grow and be transformed. And one very practical thing that we can do is to revive our appreciation and get to grips with the Bible, that the word of Christ might dwell in us richly and change us profoundly. And we need to grasp that so that we might never stop learning till Jesus takes us home to heaven. We can do what the practical thing we can do is to start to build our appetite up by getting into the Bible more and more. Maybe starting off with little studies, little, little regular readings each day. And we're going to look at some practical things next week. But to build up our spiritual hunger and thirst for God and his word. So let's let's seek to do that. So. In conclusion, I want to ask you again, are you open to real change? Are you? Are you open to the development of your attitudes, behavior, character? There's so much potential right into our older years to become more and more like Jesus. We need to drop the consumer Christianity idea, the dipping in when we feel like it. We need to recommit to the training program. We need to drop the defensive castle Christian attitude, always reacting defensively to challenge parrying, batting away when we feel uncomfortable, when the Bible, when we read the Bible and we feel that we, we, we're being picked at as it were, but God is doing that for a reason. We need to have that humility to let the drawbridge bridge down and open our hearts to God working in us. If the prospect of learning from Jesus, being transformed, growing in godliness, if that doesn't stir you, then we do need to get some serious time with God, maybe along with the church leader to help. We need to get, get back to brass tacks, but seek God for a fresh hunger and a fresh sense of privilege of being an, a lifelong apprentice of Jesus. We'll, we'll pray now and then we'll sing a final song. Heavenly Father, thank you that you reminded us through your word what a privilege it is to be an apprentice, a lifelong apprentice of Jesus. Lord, you know where our hearts are at. You know what stage we're at in our development whether there's a consumer christianity attitude developing maybe a castle mentality lord please work in us change us father give us a heart for christ christianity an apprenticeship with him lord thank you that every day we can grow to be more like jesus thank you that every day we can be conscious of him with us as our master our, our lord the one that we follow we open his word with excitement to find out how we should live today, how we should follow him each day. Lord, give us this thrill, this excitement, this hunger. And Lord, forgive us, Lord, myself, forgive us all for how we've neglected this wonderful relationship with you, Lord Jesus. So please bless us as a church, as families and individuals. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.